Ladies and gentlemen, I'm at school. This is Introducing first, the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the power. It's gnarly. Charlie. And I am the digital duke. They call me the digital phantom. They call me the Duke of Derps, also known as Garrett. Yo, 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 yo. What's going on there? Brother, so much wrestling. And fucking thank God there wasn't any backstage drama this week. Um, week, man. I mean, at least I hope there wasn't. Yeah. I, or at least we haven't heard about any of that. Breaking news. Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler are fighting. And FTR is no more. Yeah, Dax, Dax Harwood and, <laughs> Dax Harwood and, and, and Cash Wheeler caught fighting Brandon Cutler and, and Christopher Daniels backstage. Okay, that uh, would would that be the saddest shoot breakup if Cash and Dax were no longer they actually got into a backstage fight and and they couldn't ri- work together <laughs> anymore? Like, and it was right before the buildup of the them versus Young Bucks for all the belts. Oof, I would be sad. <laughs> Imagine if those four actually can't work together, and that's why we don't get the matches, and we find that out later. I I wouldn't be surprised. People have accused the Young Bucks for years of dodging them, you know, because they look better or they don't look as good in the ring when you put them against two actual wrestlers, you know. Not that they're not actual wrestlers, but this is always the debate me and you have, which is who's better, FTR or the Who's Unbox, better? Uh, which we'll have to do a whole episode where we just take all of our favorites. Because I finally have seen the, uh, I, I saw it like two weeks ago. I meant to bring it up on the podcast. I finally have seen the Young Bucks and Kenny, sorry, Young Bucks versus Kenny and um, and Hangman match where Hangman and Kenny win the championships off of them at that weird pay-per-view with the really weird set. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, I was not that impressed for all the hype that it's been given. I have to be honest with everybody. Um, yeah, when matches been hyped up as like the greatest AEW match to ever happen, and I'm gonna be honest with you, it wasn't better than their match with the Lucha Bros. With the Lucha I, Bros I was about to say it wasn't better than the All Out match with Lucha Bros. I agree, but it was still a really good match. That being said, um, let's get into the stuff we normally get into. Uh, but there are a few other business to take of, uh, take care of business. I'm, I've never said it like that before, but I, I guess I, I guess I have to do it now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, uh, some orders of business to take care of off of the top of the show. The first being whatever podcast platform uh, that you're choosing to listen this on, uh, make sure you follow and or subscribe, being on Google, Apple, or uh, Spotify, which I just renewed my Spotify subscription, so... There we go with that, I guess. But, I, I um, love Spotify for podcasts. It's great. I actually listened to an episode of uh, – I, I was just listening to on my phone, not on actually on, on Spotify, but I was listening to Spotify the other day to listen to the Alan Angels episode of uh, Jericho's podcast, Ooh. which was actually pretty pretty interesting. Alan Angels has a really interesting take on on why he left AEW but um, or like why that's good for his career and stuff like that. It's interesting to hear what he has to say. It is um, good for his career. I feel bad for the guy, though, after hearing him talk, but, you know um, – but at the same time, because we said some kind of not nice things when they let him go. We were like, eh, it's but, like hey, he he can go out, become a bigger star and then absolutely, return absolutely. or go to WWE. You know wants. who should sign him that I think would be great? New Japan Strong. I think he'd fit there. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him work New Japan. Uh, would be, be stuff, you know, junior but, heavyweight um, division, especially. But uh, anyway, um, but as well as you can follow us on Twitter, I'm at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E on Twitter. And you can follow Charlie at, oh, Charlie with an X instead of an A. Speaking of Twitter, I actually wanted to shout out uh, a fan that actually 
reached out on Twitter, like I always say to do on the podcast, uh, El Scorpion. Uh, shout outs to them for for saying they've been enjoying the podcast. So if you guys want to ever ask a question or anything, I'll you know I'll bring it up on the show as long as it's really you know, show appropriate, whatever that means. Um, and uh, you can't ask me questions about uh about about anyway. Um, <laughs> you know where I was going with that, everyone. But um, <laughs> but anyway, that being said, um. Uh, let's let's get right into it, Charlie. We we always start off every week with the favorites, and I believe this is my week to go ahead and start things off. Yep, I'll go ahead and do so with what I think was, as we agreed before the show, literally like less than ten minutes ago. I think we we're talking about this. Uh, the the best match of the week, which was the Lucha Brothers, Lucha, excuse me, the Lucha Bros, two thirds of that's gonna be a weird thing to have two thirds of the trio's champions. The Lucha Bros, Penta El Zero Miedo, and uh, Ray Phoenix, of course, taking on Swerve and Keith Lee Swerve in our glory. Um, I believe the tag team titles were also on the line. Um, I don't know if that was ever said, though. It, was it said? I don't know if it was a tag team title. Yep, it was a World Tag Team Championship match. I just wanted to make sure because I didn't actually write it down. Most of the time I do, but for some reason I didn't hear. But anyway... Um, I really enjoyed the match. I will say that. There will be something I will discuss at the end with you that I'm We'll we'll talk about it, but whatever. Um, but everything, you know, oh, super early on. I love this. And I would love to see this match. I think we all would. Uh, Keith, or sorry, Keith Lee, excuse me, Swerve uh, and Phoenix, who I believe started off the match, or at least pretty early on, were in there pretty quickly together. And uh, they both start show, started to show off their super athletic, like sort of lucha influence styles that they both like to employ during their matches, which is really cool because they're both two heavyweights. You know what I mean? Like Phoenix looks smaller next to a lot of the other heavyweights, but he is a huge, fully sized man. You know what I mean? Like, um, so that's why it hurts when it hit when he hits you. You know what I mean? Like, um, so uh, and they were just flipping around, doing craziness, doing all kinds of nonsense. Um, there was a big meat double sledge on Phoenix by, uh, which is what I called the double chops, uh, from, from Keatley, whatever you want to call that, the double palm strike to the chest where he just bolded his ass. Love that. Um, oh my God, the best pin breakup of all time, Charlie. Keatley threw a man into another man to break up a pin and Keith Lee's face just looked so satisfied afterward. It was amazing. It was <laughs> he was like, I just threw a man to break up a pin. <laughs> yeah, dude. Keatley is fucking strong um and then i think probably the uh, honestly you know what now that i'm thinking about it charlie i'm just gonna pivot to this right on the spot because i completely forgot about this spot until i just looked at it in my notes now. oh yeah i know where you're Keith going Lee hit a fucking canadian destroyer in this match and, it, um, and it was, i think you got a soundbite you got to play a fucking to, to to illustrate just how ridiculous it looked yeah bro <laughs> and that is going to be the soundbite that we play every time that because I I, I I like to highlight a lot of times my favorites. I'll just be like, oh, spot here, spot there that I liked. And I've, I've been trying to do that less because I feel like it wanted distracts from the substance of the match sometimes. But also, I just it's not everything, you know, like not everything is about moves, you know, and this this was a spot you'll see at the end of the year one when everyone's <sighs> posting their their biggest spots of the year for AEW specifically. And you'll see the spot. It was unbelievable. It was absolutely incredible. Keith Lee hit a Canadian destroyer. I mean, that's just saying that sentence isn't, it doesn't make, that doesn't compute in my brain. I've seen, I can remember it in my head seeing it. I can see it clearly. It happened. I might even pull it up just to look at it again because I'm like, it just, I, when it happened, when it, okay, when they set up for the move, Charlie, what yeah. was your instant reaction? Because I remember thinking, no fucking way. Well, yeah, because we see Pento run up and jump off his brother 
Mm-hmm. Where, so I think it technically might have been Penta hitting it, but either way, Keith Lee doing the move makes it more impressive. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, sorry. Keith Lee, like he was able to take a Canadian yeah. destroyer. He was and, able to flip properly, which I mean, I assume takes a little bit from the guy that's being flipped as well. You know, well, like 100%. I, I, and, you know, this was just, yeah, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful spot. They, they yeah. set up there when he runs and jumps off Phoenix. It's incredible. Yes. So that's our Ron Simmons moment of the week. The Simmons Award, whatever you want to call it. I'll also just call it the Damn Award, just in case WWE says that you own the name Ron Simmons, you know. Um, Shout out Ron Simmons. That WWE, if you own the name Ron Simmons. But you should also just let me do the Simmons Award because damn. Damn. Um, <laughs> and also because we all love Ron Simmons. But yeah. And then the, the acclaimed came out to talk a little smack afterward. So before we get to that part, because it wasn't really much, they just came out and they were like, yo, listen, you suck. And we're going to beat you and become champions, basically. And there was a little bit of like that. Like He dissed him a little bit, but it wasn't there wasn't the music. Kept it light. Was, he kept it light. Yeah. No. Like, we all want him to just we need a couple of weeks removed before we hear another Max Caster rap. We all know it. Max Caster knows it. You know what I mean? Like we, we can't be doing this while CM Punk and all this is until we know what the deal is with all this. We can't we can't be doing that. But I expect we'll get one before the match next week, but it'll be match focused. So it'll be fine. Um. Anyway, that being said, I'm just curious, obviously, Keith Lee and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and Swerve Retain, I believe it was off the combined Swerve Bomb Stomp thing deal, uh, I believe, yep. uh, that they finished people with. Um, so I am a little curious how you feel, like, could we just crown these guys Trios champions? I know probably they weren't originally planned to be Trios champions, obviously, but the fact that the Trios champions get beaten the week after they win the titles, I'm just saying like is that a thing that we should be thinking about or is like so oh, we don't have anybody wrestling right now so like, it's worth being thought about for sure but i think they just wanted a high profile match for the tag champions and what better than tossing your trios champions with the actual tag champs here's an idea say the acclaim don't win the titles right which would piss everybody off but let's say it doesn't happen who would you want to see or even if they do win the titles who would you want to see because they've pinned the trios champions now who would you want to see them take on the trios champions with as a third member? If they're going the heel route, I mean, there's plenty in it. I wouldn't mind seeing Kip maybe joining them. That would be good. Kip's I return. Like Kip, Kip would be a great third if member. If they're going the face route, uh, but I don't think they are anymore. I would yeah. say Ricky Starks. I mean, I, we're that trying to be great. We were wondering something for him. If you want to add heel me. route Hobbs. Yeah, Hobbs. So there's plenty of options. Uh, speaking of that, which uh, at the end of the show, we will be doing our Grand Slam predictions. Absolutely. So find out who we think's walking with those titles. But I mean, yeah, go ahead and get to yours because I spent a lot of time on that. But that this, was, I really enjoyed that match. It was like you said, it was the best match of the week. And uh, yeah, and, and I'll just say from, from that match, it was it was truly something special. Uh, Swerve and our glory are seriously taking this title reign to another level. And I think it's safe to say this is the best title reign since we've been covering AEW for about a year now, a little over a year. And they finally the title reign we were coming off of with the Bucks. That was probably a pretty good one. Yeah, or yeah. Was it? it wasn't the Bucks. Like yeah, from, the Bucks. I'm t- you know what I mean? Oh, like, like straight up just because we've, we've had a lot of tag team champions. We've had a lot of tag team champions kind of running around. Dude, okay. The, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it was like Lucha Bros. They beat a lot of people and they had good matches, but eh. There wasn't really a lot of stories. Felt and like then, there wasn't a direction. Same with Jungle Boy and uh, and Luchasaurus. Like when Jurassic Express won the titles, I was like, yeah, we just don't really know what we want to do with these. They, and then they lived up losing them to the Bucks, which was fine, but it was just like unexpected. Another you know? good and, match, but unexpected. And then the Young Bucks title reign obviously was like three weeks. So 
Yeah. Um, not, not nothing there. <laughs> but yeah, um, moving on to pick another favorite for this week coming from mm-hmm. me. So we had a couple of the Tournament of Champions matches. Um, I'm just going to pick the one that I think resonated with me a little more in the moment. And that was John Moxley and Sammy Guevara. Um, again, John Moxley continuing this just unbelievable 2022 that he's had. These guys came out of the gate fucking flying. So it was really nice. So when you get the pace going that fast, I mean, here's the thing. With John Moxley and this year that he's had, something we notice is just the that high prolific offense. But a whole part of this was grounding Sammy Guevara. Because he couldn't let Sammy Guevara take to the air. Because like, that's what, if we're going, you know, what's been winning Sammy Guevara matches, it's well when he gets to the air. So we had to really ground him out fast. And let me just say, it was nice to start off Dynamite with a match again. I, I dig, you know, hey, doing the promo thing's fine. But at the end of the day, my favorite thing about Dynamite is, and probably will always be, is that when 8 o'clock hits, music hits, and we start a fucking match. And usually it's a high-profile match. And I thought these guys really delivered, Garrett. I, I got to say, I, I really I enjoyed this. Um, I'll get the finish here. So when when Sammy came out, it was just Sammy. There was no Ty. There was no uh, Anna J. So Anna J and Ty kind of hit the ring. She took Anna took out the referee. Ty kicked Mox, which was supposed to be in the balls, but didn't really look like it. Guevara got a roll up for two. So it's like, oh, shit, here we go. He then went for he missed a senton and Tomiko, as Lord Regal asked if he'll get canceled if he caught Tay and Anna Harlots. No, Regal, William, you're all right. We we got Re- you. Regal on commentary is a gem. You're an eccentric Englishman. You can get away with it. I I I want to find that quote of the flower thing last week. That was incredible. Um, they then went into a strike battle. Moxley floating out of a GTH into a Death Rider for the victory. I gotta say this was fun, man. And yeah. Moxley overcoming the interference. That gave Mock, uh, gave Guevara his win over Darby last week. It's an important note because that's what's been winning Sammy these matches. So if you're going to have Moxley beat him, Sammy can't just not do that shit because why wouldn't he do it, right? For so yeah, it it's worked. so weird how differently me and you see wrestling pacing. Like it, because I, I, for me, like the beginning of the match just felt slow, but that was because it was paced out for like the whole length of it. But like, uh, but I always noticed that in matches that are going to go longer than like ten minutes, you know what I mean? Which I don't even know if this did, but. Assuming yeah, that like did, first you know? 30 seconds, I felt like it was just, it was nice. I don't know. I yeah. really enjoyed them beating the hell out of each other that really fast. Oh, yeah. Like the the opening was great with the with the exchanges because, you know, Mox will just like, oh, and then Mox had Mox fake selling and then getting right back up on yes, the, on the I, I, I wanted to mention that. Yes. Great. Oh, it was so, dude, Mox just does not give a absolute anything. Like, he's just like, Mox just, oh, my God. What a, what a dude. I would love – I feel like me and Mox would get along, but then also I feel like I could also get on Mox's nerves really easily, you know, like – but I feel like – I feel like we – But what did you think know. of – I mean, what did you think of Sammy Guevara wrestling basically, I mean, our former world champion, I mean, the top of the line? I mean, how how do you think he stuck in? Bro, there was half of the audience was – like, half of the people – there were people like you who were saying that um, they wanted to see Sammy be champion, and I was like – I mean, uh, I really would have liked to see him in the final, but what our final is, it makes sense. So I'm not mad. 
They had a really good transition. Uh, you might have brought it up. I'm not sure, but it was like a GTH attempt that was yes. uh, re- reversed into the yeah into the uh, the bulldog choke at one point, and then they had an absolutely brutal looking avalanche German where uh, Samuel almost died. Um, not really, but it just he looked like he almost died, and uh, I, that I, that'll be the clip that he takes and turns into the transition oh. of the wasted on his vlog. You know what I'm talking about, where he does that at the beginning of the video every week. Anyway, yeah. Um, He'll do the GTA wasted, like, you know, image. Anyway, that'll be funny. That'll be what he does. Um, But yeah, uh, what I wrote at the end of my notes here was uh, John Moxley wants the ball. He'll throw back to his promo from last week. Wow, John. What a year. 2022, man. Seriously. When when we, in December, when we do our like wrestlers of the year, I mean. He's going to be in there for me 100. I I can't wait. He comes back after his vacation if he does go on one. Um, and he comes back and has another half year that's even better than the first half. Like, I mean, it's more than half a year, but like the, the year that he had, like if the, yeah. his December, th- like if, I guess it would be November through December, depending on how long he takes off, you know. Um, and oh, man, what a, what a fun year! I, I can't wait till Takesh is back too. So let's jump into some of this news, here. We don't really have too much news this week compared to last week, thankfully. Mm-hmm. We got some fun stuff uh, looking towards the future in AEW, and let's start off with number one. AEW Revolution, it's being planned for Cow Palace in San Francisco. I think AEW needs to start putting their pay-per-views elsewhere. We can we only we can get out of Chicago and New York. You know? Literally. Go go else. It, I mean full gears crowd in Minnesota was unbelievable. So yeah. I also think that's gonna make it more difficult for the WWE to like planned shows in every city every week. Because like if it's a city they already have presence in or they've had presence in, like it's uh, it's supposed to be emanating out of the Cow Palace, is the rumor, right? Yep. Which which Cow Palace a lot, a lot of wrestling history that, there. Uh, G one special in 2019. So well, there's a lot of wrestling history there, I believe, with the Cow Palace from like early wrestling. So like like, like territory days stuff. So like I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not that encyclopedic of a wrestling fan anymore. If you go back to when I was uh, when we did the Raw Deal podcast years ago, um, if there's any of those still on YouTube, I used to be like that with wrestling, but because I, I don't know how I got all that information, but you know but not not quite there anymore but um interesting stuff though yeah i'm glad like you said more 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 places get out of chicago and new york and then speaking of some AEW, we had uh they they averaged a 1.175 ratings last week which i saw a lot of people getting excited about so it i listened to the thurston episode of talk is jericho and man, I've never listened to a, a person try so hard to justify something. <laughs> like, uh, listen, I'll, I'll I'll give him this, and I because I figured you would bring this up uh, this week because it's been looking good. I'll give him that. It's been a, a plus one million since the weirdly since the backstage fight. Don't ask me why. I mean, I'm sure that created some buzz, but it can't weeks have in a row. Like yep, and this hundred thousand viewers worth of buzz. I just don't buy that. This was not just be, a people you movie. know are not going to be on the show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's. But anyway, um, but uh, but I'll give Thurston that. Yeah, viewers aren't everything in modern cable, but they are still a statistic that if you point to, you're going to be able to justify as as a stu- uh, sorry as a studio as a network and say well but you only got this many viewers and they got this many you know well yeah but also if you look at the demos well yes the demos that's what you sell your advertising on but if what thurston was said was also correct that AEW doesn't even get a full split of the advertising they get a split they don't even get a full portion of the advertising revenue they only get a split so i don't know 
Um, I'll, I'll, I'll finish that episode at some point and report back on that because if, if what he was saying is correct, AEW could be in a really big trouble really fast. If things don't go properly. Like that video game investment was really unwise of what Tony Khan claims is the case that they went from being unprof from profitable to unprofitable because of that investment. Like that seems kind of a scary position to be in as a company, but well, Hey, that could be, but that takes us to our next news thing where, AEW has been in the news a little bit recently because of their relationship between Warner Bros. Discovery. And it's a very well relationship. Uh, Tony Khan. Well, you could not have tied that in better with the next topic. That was yeah, amazing. Tony Khan kind of said they've been getting bigger than we've ever gotten before with Warner Bros. Discovery. I think we're all hoping this leads to AEW being on HBO Max, whether that's ROH, whatever. They need to get the shows on there. You can fucking post it needs to have a library. There needs to yeah. be a library of old shows because they have all this. Because I guarantee they have all the film of it. You know what I mean? Of, of just ready to go. Just doesn't have where to put it. You know. And I'm not gonna read like. Uh, I'll just read one thing. Okay, so I have a question for you before you read that. Do you think there's a real possibility of HBO not being interested in them having to go to a different streaming platform and try and sell the rights to their stuff? Where there's I don't really think so. no. Nope. Okay. I, I think okay. I think because of how what how good AEW does in the cable. They they love it. This is a this is a weekly win for them in a in an important slot. So it says our TV deals. I think the biggest individual revenue driver. And for us, we've got this great partnership with Warner Bros. Discovery, and we've got the rest of this year, next year. It's kind of funny because you and I, Garrett, we follow like the the movie industry, and yeah, <laughs> a lot of the a lot of it's driven by these kinds of yeah. numbers and advertising is really and, important. And we know yeah. David Zaslav, the the new guy at Warner Bros. Discovery, he has been wielding an axe and just, letting oof. shit go. But also, that's why we were afraid for AW a little bit because like, man, this is exactly the kind of thing that if I was wanting to get out from under, if it was losing me a bunch of money, you know, like, oof, you know, yeah, like, but hey, not the case. They have been really so good to us, and I feel like not only original leadership was great to take a chance on an unknown company. But then post-merger, the Discovery leadership that's come in has been so supportive, and we're getting opportunities now with the new management even bigger than ever before. So say, I'm I, surprised their relationship, as Thurston described it in that episode, because they brought up a lot of the similar stuff. It's weird. He just literally brought up the same thing in that in that episode, I think. They might, must have come out similar timing or something like that. Probably. Um, this was on a Sportacast podcast for that Tony Khan. Oh, yeah. So they probably might have even been. But but anyway, my, just to say, like, I'm – it's it's interesting how rocky the relationship seemed to have been early on. Even it may be a bit contentious. Like they liked what they were doing, but it never seemed like they were in a comfortable position, you know. Yeah. It's still not. So and, like, and you weird. know what I think? And we kind of pointed this out when it happened, whether it was the Shark Week thing or the House of the Dragon promotion. AEW, I think HBO knows. And and Warner Brother, I don't want, I shouldn't say I think they maybe just didn't want to maybe they didn't want to admit it. Maybe they're like, man, this is a weird thing that just happened. We just wanted to throw money at or throw like TV at just to see, just to compete, you think know. Think about how good that promotion is. Like in terms of advertising. That's incredible advertising. And they're probably just like, hey, you guys do this. I mean, that's well, something people in the crowd, um easily probably a million and who knows how many online are watching. Probably a couple million viewers watching clips and everything and you get all that promotion for house of the dragon and shark week and i 1000 percent believe that is not the end and just to cap this off i'll throw this at you charlie the interesting thing that thurston pointed out is that there were weeks apparently during the runs where in the demo aew outdid raw in terms of actual viewership from the demo um even if the overall viewership was lower mm. they hit more of the 18 to 49 i think it is like the 18, yeah. 18 and 50 demo 
um, that you're trying to average, which is the key advertising demographic for all of these networks, by the way, apparently, according to what they were saying. So that's pretty, that's really good information to sell yourself to a network, you know? I Absolutely. And then here's what we'll end this on. Uh, AEW has announced they're going to Seattle in January. And what's really cool about this post is, if you guys know, Swerve, Darby Allen, and Danielson are all from that area. And they all really represent that area, especially Swerve. I mean, when he first went back on the indies uh, this past year, he had that infamous match with Nick Wayne in Seattle. And I think... I'm just glad AEW is expanding more and more. And I hope it's only a matter of time until they go over to the UK because that's going to be fucking huge when they do. And 2023, man, might be the year. I have one request for this show. We got to have Shane Wright, Burakovsky, and Tanev in the crowd. Yes. Shane Wright, dude. What a guy. New, uh, Newly acquired Seattle crack. Remember for those of you who don't watch, I've been I've been getting back into hockey this year. I'm, Charlie, I'm going to watch this year. I am going to watch hockey this year. I think. I, I, hey man, my Blackhawks are the shitters, so I will watch too. But yikes. Um, I mean, hey, my team's looking like they might miss the playoffs. Well, uh, the too, last so. thing we'll mention, um, our our guy Righteous Reg, he put out his BWI 500 this week, hey. and Pro Wrestling Insider put out their PWI 500 this week. So, um, a lot of uh. Good wrestling uh, lists going on if you guys are interested. Um, yeah, uh, shout out Reg, man. I mean, for him to put that list, and I've been seeing him kind of retweet people that are talking about it. And just some people are so excited to have their name featured on Reg's list. Where, if you don't know, he Reg kind of uses that list and it's a... He, he, went, he was not a fan of how the PWI 500 was going. So he kind of created his own list for black wrestlers. And he got a list of 500 in there. And it's really cool. It, hey, you'll see, it's, you'll see uh, quite a few AEW wrestlers in the top there too, which is really yeah. cool. Shout out Righteous Reg, man. And yeah, the PWI 500, which always sparks some fun online debate, had uh, had our guy, the tribal chief at number one, Roman Reigns. So Good old if, Ramen Noodles Reigns. Got that guys are, player. If you guys are interested in all that, go check those out. But yeah. So why does his hair look like ramen noodles, Charlie? It really does. Garrett, if you want to take us through Dark Elevation. Yeah, EW Dark. No, no, no Saturday night special this week, so we don't get to get some uh some pop-offs from Daddy Magic. But uh I mean we got some anyway, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, AEW Dark Daddy Elevation Magic. episode 80. Opening up with Nyla and Marina, accompanied by Vicky Guerrero as uh yeah, as as uh as I, I love Justin's little little things they're just a little great it's still great underrated and underrated ring announcer but anyway um uh, they i'm still not with this team i still don't think they could do the comeback thing like i mentioned last week and apparently that move they've been trying to do is supposed to be a ddt yikes um don't kill somebody with it please anyway um all right and then that was a match uh, Julia Hart was on the show next year. She picked up another squash. Uh, a lot more aggression in this one. Um, I'm still calling it the Whiplash Lariat until someone else decides to call it that. I'm looking at UX Caliber. Um, and she locked in the Heartless Lock for the W. Julia Hart. So I still think she should become, I don't think she's going to be based on this week, but I, I still think she should become the leader of the House of Black in the absence of Mr. Malachi. Um, 
I think she deserves it. She's been working her ass off. I think she's ready to have it. I think I genuinely think she's ready to have an actual wrestling match. Just, just in case we forget to mention it, Brody mm-hmm. King did a great job. Uh, yes. Talking about how you cut the head off the snake. I, I thought perfect way to just kind of acknowledge everyone. Yeah, it, he's gone. Apparently a snake can still distribute venom into you when its head's been cut off too, according to Brody King. Interesting. So there you, so there you go. Um, so I don't know if that's supposed to imply maybe that he's going to come back or something. I seriously doubt that, but that'd be interesting. <laughs> At um, least not now. No, but like maybe he's not like saying I'm gone forever. You know, I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. That being said, we had a uh, Serpentico and some guy that I've never heard of before. Hey, he's this wrestler. Hey, who with him? I don't know. Serpentico has a tag team partner. I don't know why you had to put him with some like no name jobber from like, what is he from the fucking Jersey? Anyway, like uh, they took on Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. Um, Dante is still a freak athlete, wins the nosedive. And Charlie, at this point in the show, I realized we were four matches in of an eight match show, but we were only 11 minutes into the show. And I was like, what's getting time on this? <laughs> the answer was nothing, but um which is true. Nothing actually got any real time on this. But I was like, what the fuck is going to end up getting time that they're cutting so much time from these matches early on? But then we had uh, what I thought was going to get time. I was like excited because I was like, oh, it's great that I was thinking that right as this match came up. And then it got six to seven minutes. So I was like, oh, OK. But Emmy Sakura, the uh, what do they call her again? The uh, the queen. I, they call her the queen, but she's got a different gimmick than that. Anyway, I uh, took on the falling goddess Athena. They had a nice little test of strength spot. Uh, we had the We Will Chop You sequence. Good good kicks from Athena. We had a backdrop suplex that caused Emmy to fire up. I think she was like, oh, this is like All Japan. But anyway, um, even though she's not wrestled in All Japan, I don't think, but she probably has seen All Japan, you know. Um, and then I just thought it was a good match, but it was only six to seven minutes. I really liked the match itself. Um, I wish this is a match that should have actually gotten time. Why it didn't? Uh, but Athena, I guess, needed a win after losing the title match. I mean... Whatever. I have no idea what their plans for Athena are. Did uh, do you? Can I ask you a question, Charlie? Because we never consider this when we were like, oh yeah, just feed more people to Jade. Because we're not really saying that. What we're saying is we don't buy that they buy that this person is going to be the person, right? It's basically where we land on it. Yeah. So what is their plan for these people after they lose to Jade? Because there's like, what you build them up like they're going to be kidding the you. I, I think they literally, they had the plan for Jade and Statlander to do whatever. Statlander got hurt and they literally... Have zero idea. I don't think they beat beat her with Statlander there either because it doesn't fit the story they're telling. Not, but at the same time, I could have totally seen it because Statlander and Athena could have been a really high profile feud. Well, the problem is when you bring in every new wrestler that's a female and have them wrestle Jade for the TNT title, it kind of starts them off on a little rough start. You know, we'll get into it, but I think I think Athena might actually go after Tony Storm. Uh, It might that might be the route. I know who needs to be. It'll be in a fatal. It'll be in a fatal four way if it is. So you know, <laughs> I, and I will allude to it when we get to that point in the show. But I, I I've it, it's come to me because that's the only match. Be. That's the only match you can have for a women's interim title is a fatal four way. It's the way it works. Um, <laughs> the next match we had was Brody King and Buddy Matthews. Um, I, I got the name right, right? Yeah, right, anyway, yep. Buddy Matthews. Yeah, it's not Buddy Murphy anymore. Anyway, Buddy Matthews, good old Buddy. With uh, Julia Hart in tow as the managerial, managerial talent in this match. That's not a term, but I just made it up. Took on some jobbers. Um, the crowd actually seemed to be in support of this team, which I'm kind of glad that they, you know, they got treated with a little bit of respect. 
Uh, I don't know if this was before or after the taping, but the crowd seemed to be into it either way. So um, they beat the crap out of him. Cannonball sent on in the pump handle driver for the win. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And we had Sheeta on the show with the eye of Agamotto and the Regina de wave championship. Um, she won with the Katana move here. I just wrote down that Matt Menard is funny on commentary. Um, because he he was, um, I don't remember what exactly was the prompt of me to write that, but cause this was on Monday, but Hey, um, then we had Ryan Nemeth. Oh, sorry. Ryan Nemeth taking on, I'm sorry. He's never booked on the show, so I can't remember his name properly. Um, and <laughs> took on John, John Youngy, who was accompanied by 10. Uh, Oh, it looks like 10 Uno and Reynolds were all there. <laughs> Why were there so many people out there for this match? I guess they probably didn't stand out there, but. They sent them all out together, I guess. Yeah, with uh, fucking... as a solidarity, even though they're all injured. Yeah, with their John uh, Silver makes them all come out and watch crutches, watch him dude. enter, even though they're all injured. Hunky but, did know. a lot of humping in this match, dude. That was funny. Um, <laughs> it did a lot of humping. Yeah, and then he hit the spin doctor, so it was classic classic Hungy. Uh, got a nice little win off that spin doctor there, brother, brother, brother. And in the main event of the evening, we had the butcher and the blade with the bunny taking on Aaron Solo and big sexy Nick Camarado. I love um, this new, new gimmick for Nick. That's I. They're not calling him that, by the way. That's what I'm calling him because he is big sexy Nick Camarado. Now I don't care. Um, if they don't start calling him that, I'm gonna protest outside of a Denny's or something. Um. Why Denny's? I don't know. Probably because the food is cheap or something. <laughs> Turns out Denny's is actually the highest or something. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so some notes from this match. Uh, some big meaty men slapping meat. I love them coming out in the, the Sabres, by the way, meat. as well. We had to get some respect back on the city after the, after the absolute disrespect last week from uh, from MJF. We got a little bit of Sabres action. Um, and uh, yeah, so... Oh, the biggest back body drop of all time between Camarado and uh, and the butcher there. That was awesome. Um, I've never seen two big men like that do that before. I mean, I probably have, but I just don't remember it, you know? Yeah. Um, my question for a couple of the people in this match is why he bald? Um, why they bald? Why they bald? Why they bald, Charlie? Anyway. Um, male, and then they dragged the lake on him. It was good to see the bunny out there. Um, male pattern baldness. No. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, get some rogue game. No, anyway. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but they dragged the lake on him. It was good to see the bunny out there. And then that's uh, that's all I have at least, unless I missed a match. Uh, nope, you knocked it out of the park. And so that takes me to AEW Dark, which was a very short episode this week. Um, we opened up with this was taped in Chicago. Uh, over All Out weekend, Penelope Ford defeated Alice Crowley. Penelope get another fast victory here. So. Welcome back, Penelope. She's having a nice little run since so she's been back for sure. Um, I'd like to see her in the bunny tag match. Like, do a tag match with somebody. That would be nice. That would be nice. Um, in the back, Alex Marvez reported a commotion in Hikaru Shida's locker room. Rebel and Britt Baker emerged, apparently, having apparently laid out Shida to keep her from teaming with Tony Storm on Dynamite tomorrow night. I don't think Shida was there, to be honest with you. No, didn't show I think Shida, this was so. uh, Shida's not here. She can't be on the show tomorrow, so we got to gimmick something. Hey, it worked. GG on the fly. Uh, Dante Martin and Matt Seidel defeated the wingmen, Cesar Bononi and Nick Nemeth. Um, yeah, this was pretty solid. I mean, they actually let him get like six, seven minutes, I want to say. Um, Martin and Seidel just really got rolling here. Martin got Here's a tag. Dante more on TV, please. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, his speed was insane. It was frustrating the other guys. 
And yeah, Seidel stunned Nemec with a question mark kick. And Martin came off the top with a nosedive to get the pin for a fun. That was a fun match, honestly. I mean, I love those guys as a tag, so I'm a, I'm easy with that. Sky Blue and Queen Aminata defeated Diamante and Emi Sakura. Garrett, is this Queen Aminata's first win? I want to say it is. And I mean, definitely her biggest win if it's not her first. Um, she might very have surprised like a by this. Uh, I don't often get surprised by uh, results on dark. I was surprised by this one. I was surprised when Sky Blue pinned Diamante the first time. When she pinned her the second time, I wasn't. Um, and it's just it was cool to see, man. Because usually I, when when they when they're all in the ring, I'm like, okay, Queen Aminata's getting the pin here. This is easy. Not the case, man. And Sky Blue, dude. It we had reported that it sounds like she's kind of got some agreement locked down with the company like a couple weeks ago. So it's nice to see. I I think she's a nice fresh face that they can be using. So absolutely. Dan Housen and Peter Avalon. I know this is your favorite match of the year. Uh, oh, dude. <laughs> I, I like Peter Avalon. I do, too. It's just kind of funny. Uh, Dan Housen got a victory, Garrett. Uh, you know what? He earned my respect a little bit because he won with a Manji Katami. That was pretty nice. How many uh, times do you see that? Not often, but shout out Dan Housen, I guess, picking up the victory, picking up the dub. That takes us to our main event, which is Matt Hardy defeating Angelico. So this is kind of continuing the story of Matt Hardy going through his former teammates. And yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, for what it's worth, right? It was it was fine. This was to get Matt Hardy up because we knew he was having a rampage match this week. So yeah, um Yeah, I don't know, like the real story um, here is the end of the show. Uh they they relayed a, a promo piece building up Moxley and Sammy Guevara, and it was fucking awesome. It, it, to me, sold that this new – I think they're going to – 2022 and 2023, we're going to see some change in Sammy Guevara, and I think they're going to really heighten up his character. As you can see with them already having – putting him in high-profile matches. So, yeah, this will be interesting to follow. Uh, Hardy won with a twist of fate out of nowhere to get the pinfall. Do you like Angelico getting pinned here? I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I don't think they're going to use Angelico, so it doesn't really matter. I mean – for all we know, know, this could be his last match. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't seem like a guy that they're they really that interested in using. They they brought him back, yeah. but it seems like they brought him back just to use him to lose. So, oh. uh, unfortunate, but I think you're fucking right. Um, so yeah, that, that's it for dark this week. Quick dark, man. So here we go. Uh, I think now we're gonna get you the results of the uh, other shows. Um, they're going to yeah. fly a little bit because there wasn't that many matches and we've already covered like the fucking meaty ones. So big meat after the opening match, we jump into MJF who was causing a scene backstage, demanded a microphone as it went to commercial MJF stormed the ring, kind of cut a long promo about, you know, he's not the guy Moxley faced. He warned Jericho and Danielson, bad things would happen and get in MJF's way. Are they teeing up Garrett that MJF's going to quote, cash in his chip i mean that's what people have been saying he's been implying that it's not just a regular poker chip that for whatever reason this one is like the money in the bank chip basically which honestly i mean it's a very tna um what are those like nine briefcases they had in tna that all that correspond to different kinds of title shots at different times you know like kind of vibes like that but i mean 
it can't really do a different than money in the bank without it vibing differently. So if you just do it purely, it's like money in the bank, but it's all, you know, we can have this match, whatever, you know, so we can create a number one contender. I mean, that I'm, I'm okay with that. It makes more sense than it just being like, oh yeah, you get this title shot. I mean, it, it also makes sense that way too, but I just feel like this feels more like what your people are used to in wrestling at this point, you know? Well put. So he so brings not just have a number one contenders match, right? Where it's like elimination or something. Oh. You could just have a match match. Well, the ladder match doing. should have a bit of more to it, right? Like maybe. Because I got to tell you, I, I can't believe they're fucking doing this again. Hear me out. Point. All right. This is just a crazy idea. Hear me out. The battle royal one where it's literally over the top rope, right? That one can be for like a singular shot, right? But if it's grabbing something off of a ladder, maybe it should be like money in the bank. Maybe. I, I would love if they used the chip like Money in the Bank because think about it, you're cashing in the chip. I mean, I they could do that ladder match once a year and it means a lot more than having like four of them in a year or something so that you can make new contenders. Well, they should know, do another right? one for the women's because, you know, it's been a fucking... Oh, yeah, team. no, we can do one differently if it's women's or men's or even tag teams. You can, they did do one for tag teams at one point. So, you know, like... It was, could, it was awesome. Yeah, as long as it's different. But if you're not, you know, if you're going to do it for the same division, make it either the Battle Royal or the... And maybe do it only a few times. But yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm going to kind of run through this a little bit. Uh, okay. Run through this promo because I feel like we kind of have to try and hit all of this for it to really make sense. So MGF, MGF won the chip by Stokely Hathaway and the new group, The Firm, helping him. And if he did, never addressed that on TV, that would be absolutely Firmly it. That would be abysmal and it would be awful. You, you have to address that. So... He brought up that Stokely Hathaway has been his best friend since age 19. Great touch. Right away, we're selling it. Okay, this was – so he's known this guy for a long time. Hathaway said that he told MJF he couldn't quit AEW. He'd be giving the fans what they want. Hathaway said all of his henchmen are on retainer, and whenever MJF doesn't need them, they'll go their separate ways. Brilliant fucking touch. I think if more people did this – because now we know. If we don't see them together for a month, we're going to be like, oh, what happened to that group? Oh, they're gone. They, they're going their separate ways. Personally, it just needed. sounds like an excuse for MJF to sometimes have a faction and sometimes not because sometimes the storyline that covers a lot of these makes quote, more sense. So you don't have to break them up with the pinnacle every three months. You know, like I, I love this that. touch because if we're because like, he's got to betray everyone, but he doesn't have to betray about everyone. Our they just this covers a lot of quote plot holes they could run into. So <sighs> can also Hathaway said them. everything he's done since he's been in AEW has been strategic, from hanging out with Britt Baker and Jamie Hader. To watching Living Single with the House of Black. I, I need to see that, by the way. Uh, Hathaway. That's a th- comedy skit that should happen, yeah. He hugged Morrissey, and Lee Moriarty will bring Honor back to the Ring of Honor pure title. So now we know Lee Moriarty's intentions. The Gun Club want tag team gold. So I imagine... I- I'm about to spoil something, but I imagine we're going to run Gun Club versus the Acclaim for the tag titles then. Um, And Ethan Page wants the All-Atlantic title. This makes perfect sense. Everyone's got a plan laid out. Stokely's laid out why he's been here. They are the firm. Either run with them or run from them. Reading it reading it like I just did, it sounds like a good promo. I think the delivery didn't work for me. It, it, what, you mean the part where, where W. Morrissey didn't want to be there and refused to say that he loved Stokely back? That was I, I found that a little comedic. I think I think Morris. I know what you mean. I I I I found that a little different. But I I think I've heard Morris say in interviews that he's not going to say. It. I I might be wrong, but I might have been a different wrestler. But I think someone else had maybe tried to say that to him at some point, and he says I'm not going to say that back to another man. That might just be the mentality that I've seen on other people, and maybe that's what I applied to him in that instance. But 
Yeah, and yeah. I think I think the promo itself accomplished a lot. I don't know if the presentation worked. I almost would have liked a William Regal. Then again, at the same time, it is Stokely, so you want to give him the live mic. I totally get that. But I would have, when Regal did the Blackpool Combat Club backstage promo where he just kind of laid out their plan, when they chopped it up really nice, I thought it worked well. But I understand giving the live mic and the transition from MJF. Would this even makes sense for like this loose of a group. I don't think that would have, you know. So like, yeah. So this, this works. Have to do this. I, I love when we're gonna get Lee Moriarty, Daniel Garcia, Gun Club versus I'm assuming the Acclaimed, and then Ethan Page versus Pac. Uh, one of those guys is winning a title. So, and then Morrissey, you know who I'd put him against? I put him against Wardlow. Run that back. Be good. Be good stuff. So, what did what did you think of this promo and? uh and I guess the firm. Now that we have a, a name for this group that we've been following, yeah, firmly grasp it. Um, the uh, th- th- I thought it was a. Uh, th- I mean, it was. Uh, I thought the first part where MJF was just mad at Mox was good. Um, and then it kind of kind of goes a little all over the place from there. <laughs> Excuse me, but um, I I got most of the information. Um, it was really funny when Morrissey was standing there getting hugged, and again looked like he didn't want to be there. <laughs> um, <laughs> That was really funny, um, and the guns looked so out of place. I'm sorry, they just did. But wow, they really do. Uh, no. Um, but well, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure they'll all look fine together in a few months. Maybe they'll get some more coordinated gear. Like you know how like the, the JS was kind of eh at first, but then they all matched up their gear and started being similar. Like I, I feel like it'll be like that. They should all take some tips from Lee Moriarty because holy shit, does he look fucking cool right now with that green hair? He just looks cool in general. His hair has always looked cool. Oh, like, oh, also, him, him like doing those poses, this Ooh. character really works for him. What have we been saying about Lee, bro? What about what? What did I always say every time I brought up Lee Moriarty on Dark? Yes. like just give him something to sink his he teeth into, whether it's heel face, whatever. He will do well with it. I can just see it in this guy. You know, it's just and like David Garcia, he can back up his in ring work. So absolutely. That being said, uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, open contract match. We have Jungle Boy. This is the coldest random match on Dynamite they've done in a while. Yeah, it was. But Oof. hey, good talent. Oh, yeah, the match was fine. It was just like, damn, this Jungle Boy build up. This should have been a match that even, here's, here's the thing I love about AEW. It, this is just a, a thing in general. Even a match that was not presented before the show, which is kind of rare for AEW. It's actually very rare. Usually we know every match before the show. Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, open contract match. It's not just some random exhibition match. Like if we're talking in terms of, you know, just throwing two guys out there, they still technically put a reason behind the match. That's something, I don't know. That's something I used to bitch about so much with, with our, our raw deal podcast when, and, and I know you remember this when they would do every match, there would be nights where not a single match had a reason behind it. Even just this, this match really has no reason behind it, but they added something to it. All it took was half a second of someone like, okay, why, why are we having this match? Okay, it's Jungle Boy open contract. Got it. Um, that being said, I love both these guys. I thought I thought it was a fun match. Um, they traded strikes at the beginning. It's, it's Jungle Boy's biggest win in a while for sure, you know? And agreed. And they're not doing uh, the match next week. Um, really unsure why. By the way, what the, the Jungle Boy versus Christian match? Because Christian is hurt. No, Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus. It's not happening. Oh, that match. Mm. Why is that not happening? 
they may want to push it so they can. I, you know, maybe I just he's Christian's going to be out longer than we think, and mm-hmm. that's why. They well, have to yeah, push he, it. he's he's probably done for a while. Like probably. That's what I'm saying. So maybe they want to stretch it so they'll do something long term where it's going to be weird with the big guy running from the smaller guy. But I mean, if that's what they have to do, I mean, ugh. I just realized that now that that's not happening. Um, oh. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll maybe it'll not be announced and it'll happen. So Dut try to misdirect Jungle Boy. Lethal punished Jungle Boy's spine, dropping him on the top rope out of the turnbuckle. Lethal was about to hit a lethal injection. Jungle Boy had it scouted. He was about to counter with the kill switch, but Lethal escaped and countered with a lethal combo. Lethal then dropped an elbow off the top rope for a near fall. Jungle Boy stopped a pump kick from Lethal, put on a snare trap. Dutt jumped onto the apron, distracted him. Jay grabbed Jungle Boy, but Jungle Boy escaped, putting Lethal in a snare trap again. Jay Lethal tapped out. So, big win. I agree. And I, I want to say Jay Lethal's still ranked, so that's an even bigger win. Is this kind of more running in motion for Jay Lethal, unfortunately? Um, Yeah, a little bit, because he doesn't really have anything right now. I'm sure they'll give him something. It'll oh, probably my God. Be what if he wins second, the thing though. next week? Oh, like the... Uh, Golden Ticket. He's one of the only names announced for it. Oh, yeah, there's another title shot on the line, right? Yeah. We'll fucking get into that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, uh, I'm not. I don't have a problem with that, especially because it's a different match anyway. But I mean, I whatever gimmick matches for title shots. <laughs> uh, highlights were shown from a training session that Hook and Action Bronson had. They will have a match next week. We saw that coming. That's going to be a see. That is a fun Rampage match. Backstage, Ethan Page said he make an example out of Dan Housen on Rampage this Friday. Shout out, Dan shout Housen. out that pizza guy, dude. Dan Housen. Dan Housen. Matt Hardy challenged Darby Allen. Yeah, Luigi Primo. How did I fucking know Tony was going to see that shit on Twitter and get the guy on fucking Dynamite? I just saw that shit on Twitter the last couple weeks, and I'm like, please don't fucking bring him on to the show. God, don't be the fucking garbage indies that they call you all the time. And then they did it. I, what's funny is I like that. I can't lie. It was funny, but it's like... I've never heard of this guy. Luigi Primo. Yeah, I saw, I saw, him, I saw him on Twitter. I, a I thought it was ago. just some random dude that they had get fucking kicked in the head. I mean, I didn't know his name was Luigi Primo, but I've seen him doing that. I'd okay, seen that. So it is an actual going wrestling. around of him doing that with the two dudes in the in the uh, like the what a house. hell of a gimmick! How, way to know your shit, man. If you're gonna fucking be, <laughs> if you are that kind of gimmick, <laughs> fucking you got to embrace it. GG, Luigi Primo. Okay, that's awesome. Um, uh, now that's my favorite segment. Our new favorite, Ethan Page <laughs> kicking this fucking guy in the head. <laughs> But no, it does embrace Ethan Page's uh, new character of, why does anyone take anything serious? Not really his new character. He's just continuing yeah, his old he, character with a different group. They're really. heightening it up a little bit, it feels like. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Matt DiMartino. Starks planted DiMartino with a spine buster. Remember, and the only work. person in the firm that turned heel, actually, because Stokely was already a heel being aligned with Jade. And so were the guns after just turning on the acclaimed. It was just Moriarty who wasn't confirmed to be a bad guy, but he'd been getting slowly and slowly more aggressive in the ring. So it's like, did anybody really turn heel? Yeah, right. So this kind of was setting up uh, Hobbs talking shit about Ricky. A new chapter in the book of Hobbs. Starks emerged from the crowd, hit the ring, and spiked Hobbs in the head with a microphone. Hobbs retreated with a busted lip as Stark stood tall. 
uh, really weirdly, the busted lip actually happened during his squash match, which I don't know how that happened, but he must have must bit have it on, when he like hit that thing in the in the corner. The spine buster must have been on there, I would think, because maybe a knee popped up or something. Because he yeah. laid the shit out of the dude, but maybe he just slightly laid him out a little too hard. He was like bumped him in the fucking chest or something. Or, I don't know, but like. So it then we looked, it looked painful. <laughs> we had our tag title match that we covered. Marvez trying to interview Death Triangle. Pac took exception to Marvez's wording. Pac reminded Marvez that they are the trio's champions. Orange Cassidy decked Pac with an orange punch and told Pac he would he wouldn't be double champion for long. I'm excited for this match. I could actually, even though Pac has only had that title for a little bit, because I don't necessarily think they need a double champion right now. I could actually see Orange Cassidy winning that match. Weirdly, like I, I wouldn't hate it. To be honest, I wouldn't hate it. So because it's just like, are you going to have him defending both titles? Probably not. He hasn't defended the All Atlantic since, or he hadn't defended it in a couple of weeks before the pay per view, and now it's been a couple of weeks since the pay per view. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's a nice touch. Uh, AEW Interim World Champion Tony Storm and Athena versus Serena Deeb and Doctor Britt Baker. Um, what do you think of Serena and Britt? Is- I'll let you I'll let you take the leads on this one. Uh, but yeah, uh, need need women on the show, Charlie? Put them in a tag match. You're so fucking right. <laughs> it's so um, upsetting. Uh, some cool DDT spots from Tony. Um, the crowd felt like dead during this match to me. I don't know why. Um, Probably because same thing you ask just you said. A question, Charlie. You just crowned Tony Storm your new champion. Okay. Why is she getting pinned on the, like the next episodes of Dynamite after? Uh, actual answer. To keep you wondering if she's if Britt's gonna win this next one, I guess. But why Tony take that? I don't. I, I don't know, man. I wish I could help. Oh, also, why didn't Jamie Hader lay out Britt Baker? Well, didn't they? What did Jamie do here? She came out and attacked Tony. Yep. Which is what got her pinned. Uh, I believe. Well, it might have been after. Oh, that that's pinned. no. You're right. That's what got her pinned. And oh, no. She hit the ring, used the chair on Tony after the match. Baker yes. kept apologizing, and Hater just walked off with her dirty, doing her dirty work. Yeah, she should have laid her out with that chair. There's no reason why she shouldn't have. She she should still not have any reason to like her. I but think whatever. This might be a bait and switch. They might do it at Grand Slam, which sets up a feud. Hopefully, hopefully. But no one. It sucks like to be one. caught up in that as Tony Storm because you get like a two week title reign out of it. No, 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 no. I. I I think they're going to keep Tony as champ, and then we'll we'll, uh, we'll see. Um, here, let's hit this main event then, Garrett. Um, I know I know you were you were liking this match earlier. So Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho in the tournament of champions. Uh, take it away. What what do you think of this one? Um, this is close to being my favorite, so I'll I'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so they paced it out super like long term, but I like actually dug it in this one. Um, they started out with a lot of striking, which you don't usually expect to see that from Jericho. Uh, not necessarily. It's definitely a Danielson thing. Yes. Um, but it just felt like Danielson was just outpacing and out wrestling and out everything. You know, we had the Jericho that was like all ready for for Danielson at his peak, the Lion Tamer version. You know, and this was like almost like he's like not quite ready this time. Like he thinks he's too overconfident. Like he thinks he knows how to beat him this time, and it's just not enough. Um, I liked the spot where Danielson was getting hit with the hammer and anvil elbows and he just no sold the shit out of them and fired up out of it. That was so good. good. Yes. Really good stuff. Danielson is just so purely good at wrestling. Like the, the small stuff that people don't understand about why Danielson might be the greatest wrestler of all time is the small things like that in the ring where he can take 
a nothing crowd and turn them into like they're all at the end believe even if he's got no shot of winning of being the champion you know so that's what got him to the world championship over randy orton and batista you know like um so um they did a really interesting sequence where danielson's shoe had come off because i don't know if it was like real injury fake injury the deal you can never really tell in AEW, but took like a bad landing on his leg and uh, they checked to make sure his ankle wasn't broken, I think, or at least they kayfabed that one of the two. Um, and then they found unique ways to hurt the leg after that without like actually doing damage. So it might have been a thing. Um, but then the ending of this match was just super well done with Jericho, you know, slowly getting toward the ropes and then Danielson locking stuff back in and slowly switching between submissions. Eventually he locks in the label lock at the end and Jericho slowly raises the hand like he's not going to tap and right as the crowd is and it's like i was getting chills during this moment charlie because do you hear how loud the crowd got just as he slowly raised his hand up a slight oh, bit more so yes dude it was so good and then just as they're about to explode he taps he just knows the exact right moment that's right there is two wrestlers working a crowd that know exactly what they're doing and they have all timing down perfectly and all the subtle things like that and that is one of the reasons why Jericho even gets into that conversation of the GOAT, right? It's because he still knows how to do all that stuff, even if it's not perfect every single time, you know? So I, it's a really great match between two of possibly, if not the greatest wrestler of all time in the ring at this point. Um, and definitely just in general, I mean, just really great stuff. It's crazy that these two guys are as old as they both are because Danielson's getting up there. And they can still put on matches like this. I wouldn't be surprised to see this get 3.7 to four, four and a half stars, you know, like, because yeah. it's really good. Oh, and, and, you know, a, a chance for being in the world championship match at, you know, the biggest, the biggest, one of the biggest shows of the, the year. Big, probably, I would say, would you, would you say, I think Grand Slam has surpassed the, maybe not Road Rager, but outside of Road Rager, I think, and even Beach Break, I think it's out. Oh, it's, it's the, the biggest, biggest television show. I would. It's the biggest television event of the year in AEW, and they just started it last year. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy, but they managed to make this little tiny Grand Slam thing because baseball was hot at the time. Remember, that's the whole reason why they were doing that, because baseball was getting hot again, you know? And it felt like anyway, you know, like, it, maybe that's not why. Maybe Tony just likes baseball, but still, you know? And my God, did it work? I agree with you. I I thought you covered this match well. I I, I uh, love the result. By the way, oh yeah, absolutely stuff. love the result. Brian Danielson quest continues. Oh man, here we go, man. Brian fucking Danielson champion. If he if he wins the title on Wednesday, I'm gonna lose my shit because that's what I've been asking for that since we started this podcast. Like, and find out our predictions in like 15 minutes when we cover Grand Slam predictions all right uh <laughs> so jumping into let's jump into rampage man um rampage kicks off the match darby allen versus matt hardy uh these guys i thought this was perfectly fine it was nice to see matt hardy out there on rampage the crowd you know still loves him so he, basically kind of how this match got going here was uh darby really kind of working Darby was kind of working him over pretty much most of the match felt like. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we hit his coffin splash. Hardy hit a side effect for a near fall. The crowd really started to get behind Hardy. Allen then countered a twist of fate into a backslide for a near fall. Allen hit a scorpion death drop on Hardy. Um, he then went to the top for a coffin drop. Hardy pounded on his back, brought him down with a sit out crucifix powerbomb for a near fall. Hardy missed the moonsault, and Allen caught the code red for a near fall. Allen then locked in the Last Supper and got the pinfall. 
Is it safe to say Hardy still got some? He's got a little bit left. He's in the still tank. got a little bit. I think, given the right opponents like Darby in this instance, or maybe someone who could go a little bit longer that's got a little bit more experience, I think they could. I, you know, I think the him versus Christian match, I just it was a bad match to choose. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, just because it just didn't work. But at the same time, um, uh, I one thing I want to say about this match that I just I was just writing. I, I occasionally, I'll write these weird notes that. I don't know if anybody else would notice this, but it's like, I think Darby is one of the best wrestlers in the world at doing this thing that people talk about. That I've been hearing lots of wrestlers talk about. It's actually, I saw a thread about Sabu being very infamous for this, of making wrestling moves look like they're not meant to be perfect. What I mean by that is making the whole, the whole, not making it look like a dance thing, right? Okay. Not quite hitting every move perfectly every time because you wouldn't, you know what I mean? That's not how it would ever go in an actual fight you would not be able to hit something perfectly the same way every time. It's just impractical. Even if you could do it perfectly every time, to do it in a moment like that, you, it just doesn't make any sense. Now, you could argue, well, it doesn't really matter. It's all fake anyway. Okay, whatever. If that's your argument, then I'm never going to convince you. But it's something that CM Punk has been doing. It's something that, that I think in every single match you see... Um, <clears throat> uh, oh my gosh, I just had his name. Dustin Rhodes. You see Dustin Rhodes do it in almost every match now. Um, I imagine if any of the other older wrestlers, I imagine Billy Gunn probably does it to some extent now because he knows, you know, um, I, you know, I would not be surprised if all these people did it because it's supposed to make the match look like it's more of a fight. It's a struggle. I didn't quite hit that perfectly. I mean, I'm not saying that Darby doesn't hit per- moves perfectly. I, I think Darby could hit it like a dream every time if you wanted to. That's not what he does, though. Um, and I, the way I finally worded it. Also, honorable mention to Eddie Kingston, who also is very good at that, I believe. Um, but yes. Darby wrestles like a wounded animal, man. Like you've heard him a little bit, and now he's trying to escape with just as little as much as he can, just trying to scratch and claw and hurt you back now, you know, because it's kind of like what he wrestles like. Like, and I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that as like a compliment that like it doesn't look like he's trying. He doesn't look like a like a dance out there. Anyway, I just thought I'd, I'd say that. I thought that was interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Well put, well put. Um, so yeah, this, I, I enjoyed the match myself and dude, uh, good call there with, with the Sabu thing. Um, after the match, the lights go out when they come back, Brody King and Julia Hart are in the ring. Uh, King clotheslines Hardy and demands Sting and Darby Allen come out. Uh, King challenged Darby Allen his thing to a no DQ match next week against the house of black. King then choked out Matt Hardy to make his point. And that was kind of where we, that thing we alluded to earlier where, uh, King uh, made that great comment about cutting the head off the snake. Kingston and Guevara will meet at Grand Slam Rampage. Kingston called Guevara a horrible, rotten human being in a pre-tape to set up the match. There will be a He's right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there will be an AW Grand Slam Golden Ticket Battle Royale on Rampage to get a title shot at a set date and time. Um. All right, we had Luigi Primo. Are we getting Charlie going to the Chocolate Factory for this one? I think so, and dude, I don't know about you, man, but that really kind of sunk in the feeling of this might be a briefcase kind of deal. Oh, no. So. I really hope it's not because I already have. Like, no, 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 the MJF thing. I think I think this really sinks to me that MJF is going to. Oh, I see what you mean. Like this will be a separate thing that they do now for this, for just a singular. I mean, maybe, I don't know. 
So I could see. They MJF. don't need to justify it like that, Tony. I'll tell you this, Tony Khan. If you just have less of these matches, you can use them like Money in the Bank. If you have a Money in the Bank every three weeks, though, it's gonna feel weird. So limit the amount. Just because you need a new contender, don't just have this match. Like that's that's not that's that makes the match fucking pointless. Like what? Like. <laughs> Agreed. It's <laughs> like what the hell? No, because if you have them all the time, like what's the point of not just being having a regular match for it? I'm just saying. Yeah. Um that being said, uh Claudio and Wheeler did an in-ring interview with Tony Schiavone. Uh they lamented their loss but celebrated the win over Dax Wheeler. Dax Harwood, right? Uh this thing wrote Wheeler. Uh end of the week, Blackpool Combat Club will have two world champions when John Moxley and Jericho win the world title. Jericho claimed he'd been champion in WWF, WWE, WCW, and the first AW World Champion, but he's going for number eight. Jericho versus Claudio Caxanoli, announced for AW Grand Slam. Slam and Grand. Down for that match. How are you feeling Hell about yeah. that match? It's gonna be. It should be gonna be good. Blah, blah. It should be a good match. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you can keep up with Claudio. That's all I have to say. Agreed. Lexi Nair's interview with Jade Cargill and the baddies was interrupted by Diamante, who challenged Cargill and promised to bring the baddest bitch in the 305 with her. I have no idea who that could be. I've seen some people saying that they think it's going to be Red Velvet, who is from Miami, I believe. Huh. Well, Red Which Velvet... I looked at what the 305 area code, apparently it's Miami-Dade. Well, Red Velvet's in the baddies, so I don't know. Uh, that the would be... OG baddie. Yeah, sure. Hey, G, you know. You know who my head went to immediately, though? I thought, because OG Badass is the name of, of Mercedes Martinez. But that's that. obviously not the case because yeah. the 305 is in Miami and she's from Connecticut. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Fuck it. Um, Will and Nightingale versus Penelope Ford with Kip Sabian's up next. So this match. Penelope ended up winning this. But Garrett, I, I came to the realization. The crowd reaction to Willow. Willow's She's the one. so over with the AW crowd, and they just don't have her signed. I don't know how. Willow is the one that they need to have beat Jade, I think, right now. I think that's got to be the oh, move. Oh, she would be so over as the one to beat Jade, but they don't even have her on the roster, so they're they're not going to do that. I think they do. No, she, she's got an AEW shirt. I, she must have one of those like low-key deals. That she's not listed on the roster. Yeah, for some reason, I don't know why they do that. That they need to fix that roster and just start putting everybody on there. Um, so I oh, know they add new people like when the championships change and stuff like that, but they don't. Jer- but only like when they announce their contract. So what Tony Khan is refusing to do is announce that she he signed her for whatever reason, and so he can't make a big deal out of it. So it's really dumb. Yeah. Jericho announced that Ford was a sports entertainer of the week. Nightingale hit Ford with the pounce. I thought this was a fantastic uh, bump here. But Ford came back with a pump kick and got the Muda lock for the submission. Solid match. She licked her face, Charlie. Hey. <laughs> it's crazy to be doing that in this environment. <laughs> uh, I, I dig it, though. Yeah, I mean, hey, whatever, I guess. Whatever floats your boat there, bud. The shitlings or the shitters shall be ignited. That being said, um, what the fuck did I just say? Uh, Ethan Page. I don't know. <laughs> Destroy Danhausen. Uh, he hit him with a big ass boot. He fucking destroyed him. And then Ricky starts talking about his match against Hobb next week. And main event, I'm gonna let you take the lead here. Samoa Joe and Josh Woods for the ROH television title. Who? 
Anyway, um, God dude, damn. no, I'm not even joking. They said who was Josh Woods on a podcast this week. I'm not even kidding. Oh, that's bad. Oh, come on, really? You don't even know Ring of Honor's fucking roster. I mean, and you claim to be one of the bigger, bigger wrestling coverage people out there that are on YouTube. Anyway, um, and they may have even been joking, but then I also went on joke for about all of Japan for about the next ten minutes. So I just cut off the episode. I was like, yeah, we're not going to fucking do this, like. If you don't understand why New Japan worked or why All Japan worked back then and why it should still be a, a, a basis for why it's some good wrestling can be done, I don't know what to tell you. But speaking of people that would have fit perfectly into that old, old Japan style, Samoa Joe versus Josh Woods. I don't know about Josh Woods, but Samoa Joe definitely would have. Um, this was the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. We had Ian Riccoboni on the call. A little bit of Joe, 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 Joe to start us off. And uh, heavy striking exchange. Got a smart Mark Sucks chant during this match that popped me. There was a low trajectory on one of the power slams by Joe that just made it look like it had some little, like, a little extra snap on it, which I really liked. Nut Woods almost won the Ron Simmons award this week with the knees that he hit on the tr- the knee strikes he hit on Joe at the Yo. end of this match. Yeah, dude. Damn. Um, and then, uh, yes, yeah, so that was just a really solid match, and it's good to see Joe back. Welcome back, Joe. Um, and that's all I have really written down about that match because it was a really quick match uh, for a title match, but you know, I didn't expect it to be spectacularly long, but it could have been. But maybe they're saving that for further down the line. We will see. Because um, that that's a world title match right there that some Ring of Honor fans would probably want to see, you know, because former peer yeah. champion, uh, current television champion, so maybe down the line when Joe becomes inevitably, I think, inevitably, probably Ring of Honor's world champion, maybe their first major one, uh, besides Claudio, of course. But I don't think Claudio, will, weirdly, I don't think Claudio will be champion when Ring of Honor relaunches. I don't know if he will be. You know what I mean? Like, he could be, but I don't think he necessarily will be. So, um, we'll yeah. see. But yeah, any, any, any thoughts that you had on this match? I really like Josh Woods. I really like Samoa Joe. This is just really good stuff. Agreed. I thought this was a nice spot for Josh Woods. I'm glad, you know... It is nice to see Ring of Honor be featured a lot on Rampage recently. And, you know, look, this this match was perfectly fine to me. I, I, I thought Samoa Joe would love – I love seeing Samoa Joe back. Nah, dude, AEW has too many titles. The Ring of Honor titles and the FTW titles all count as AEW titles too. And if you don't count them as part of them, then you don't actually know what you're talking about. <laughs> AEW actually has 15,000 titles right now. And there are people that feel like that. But no, I, it, when they figure out what Ring of Honor is going to be, I think the roster is perfectly fine. And, you know, we keep adding more and more to it. And look here. The the end of this match, you know, Wardlow and Samoa Joe versus Tony Nese and, and Woods was kind of was set up. So let's let's transition from that, Garrett. Uh, solid rant. That should be a fun match. I mean, solid dynamite. Agreed. And that will be a good match. Uh, Wardlow not defending at Grand Slam again. Let's jump into this. Let's jump into Grand Slam predictions here. We can kind of fly if we want. Do you want to start with the world title or end with it? Well, shouldn't we? Well, yeah, I guess we don't have a card order per se. No. Uh, let's do non-championships. For, uh, this could be complicated for you to do, but non-championships. Well, on Dynamite, it is all championships. So I'm going to start. Literally all championship matches? That's kind of crazy. I'm going to okay. start at the bottom um, then. So Claudio Caccinoli versus Chris Jericho, ROH world title. Uh, I got Claudio retaining here, obviously. Um, okay. So there are some people out there that think that Chris Jericho needs to become Ring of Honor World Champion to make it legit somehow. 
No, no, not to me. I don't know who you are, but you obviously don't really know what you're talking about with wrestling. But neither do I. But that's just like a level of misunderstanding. I think I I'm with you. I have Claudio here, and I think this is one of the biggest singles wins he's ever had. And Jericho wants to do that for him. I, I don't. Doesn't it feel like that? I, I could totally you know, see I mean, Jericho wanting to put him over here. Yeah, I don't. I don't see why Jericho would need to win this title. And in Jericho, guess what? Can go on his break. Yeah. Pac, it's gonna, Pac, that's going to play into my other prediction later. Trust me. Pac, Pac, Tupac versus Orange Cassidy, All Atlantic Championship. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Pac here, and the reason is so. Yeah, uh, with with Pac taking this title and where he's gone with it, I totally. You kind of alluded earlier. You could see Orange winning, and I I, I do think there's a chance if we're going to lose a title here. I could see that being his. I just think they they like what they're doing with him right now, and, and they're going to kind of build up this resume that he's been having with this title. So I got Pac. Who do you got in this one? Yeah, I, just just so we have some different predictions, I'll go ahead and take Cassidy here, just okay. because I think it's also, a good I, I'll, I'll be rooting for him in the match anyway, just because he's he's my boy. You know, shout outs to OC. You know, shout outs to to Fire Ant. I'm really excited for this match. I I, I want to state that I, I do think this is a probably the the best. All Atlantic Championship matchup. Been Shout out to for. Claudio versus Eddie at Chikara, whatever the hell pay per view that was. Eddie, really good match. Eddie, um, interim AEW Women's World Championship. Tony Storm versus Serena D versus Athena versus Doctor Britt Baker. I got Tony Storm winning and hopefully spawning a feud with Athena and Jamie Hader and Britt Baker start their feud. I mean, I'll I'll agree. On the grounds that that happens, because if that happens, then the winner of Baker versus Jamie, which should be Jamie, should then face Tony. Yep. Who hopefully has the actual world championship by that time. Yeah, hopefully Thunder Rosa's been able to come back if she's not still injured. And, you know, if Tony Storm's on a roll, kind of like how with Moxley, if she's on a roll, you know. But if not, then we could always put it back on Rosa and have Jamie Hater face Rosa or something. I don't know, you know. Agreed. Swerving Our Glory versus The Acclaimed. Who you got in this one? Charlie, I think it's time. Put it on the acclaimed. Ooh, I hey. That would they're hot right now, man. And they've been hot for a while. And they, they could do, totally use a championship run. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but that's what I'm saying, because I think it'll be fun to to root for them in this match. Okay. Um But what do you what do you think? <sighs> it's gonna be hard to take those titles off swerving our glory. But man, the acclaimed are gonna be over, and I think you have the acclaimed win. So I'm going acclaimed. There's part of me that's scared that this is gonna cause another backstage fight because a lot of people kept saying to Swerve and Keith Lee after the match, "Why didn't you guys pivot in the middle of the match?" Which is something that they can do, but it's not something that I think that you do that often unless you don't like if with those titles on the line. Like, there's so much moving parts there that. Like what if Tony didn't want them to lose there? And then they did that. Wouldn't Tony be kind of upset that his champions just went out and lost without his permission? Yeah. Like, Look, in, in Swerving Our Glory, I, if they retain here, I, I totally could see why. They're but there's t- part of me that's gonna, that, that wonders, well, Tony hears that and he wants to get the most buzz as possible. So maybe he will tell them that this week. Hey, if it changes like it did last time. And I can imagine that creating some really big tension backstage. So I don't think that should happen. So maybe maybe they will just retain here and everything will just be happy because you claim to get back-to-back title shots, which no one usually gets. So, I, you know, like yeah, I, I – I think it's a, it's a can't-lose situation here, uh, to be honest. You either have the acclaim win 
you have Swerve and Our Glory go their separate ways, or you keep this really good title run. It's only been like two months of a title run, too, which is even crazier. Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. Winner becomes AEW World Champion. Who you got, Garrett? So if John Moxley wasn't right about to go on vacation, I would actually say based on the way that he's wrestled the last however long, it would it should be him. You know, it should absolutely be him. He should have an uninterrupted non-interim title run that's just like 100 plus days. But he wants some time off. And Brian Danielson is a great champion as anybody. And Brian Danielson will make this title more legit. He's actually one person I think that can. Not that none of these other people did. CM Punk certainly added to it. I think Adam Page probably helped to distinguish it in a certain way. Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, even Mox. They all did their own to make this. But I think this is another one of those steps like with CM Punk where it's going to really further take this title to the next level. So I will take Brian Danielson here. And I'm joining in that, man. I think it's time. Danielson is AEW world champ. It's going to be fucking... I, I can't wait to see what it is. How doing. great will that be to look on posters, dude? Because oh, everyone, everyone well, in the wrestling world knows who this guy is that knows wrestling. He's someone that's going to be unanimously loved. Like, yeah, I can't are. think of they any wrestling are. fan. But if you're a wrestling fan that doesn't like Brian Danielson, you're not a wrestling fan. I'm sorry. You're just not. I just... I don't know who you are and how you exist. Like, <laughs> how the hell did you get here? All right, let's jump into Rampage. So we got a couple singles matches here, not for uh, anything. Um, Let's kick it off with what I hope opens the show. Eddie Kingston versus Sammy Guevara. I'm going to take... I'm going to take Sammy here. I think Sammy Guevara wins. Nah, I'm taking the Edster here. Okay. Get that revenge on that prick. Beat the shit out of him. Get that son of a bitch. All right, do you you, get him in the face? Do you think they do the spot where he grabs his face and pushes it down? Do they do? Does he pie face him? I mean, they might. I, I, it's in a match, so as long as they clear it, it's fine. You know what I mean? It'd be kind of funny. It'd be kind of funny if they did that right at the beginning, or Sammy mocked (laughs) him a little bit. Like that'd be funny. Either, either or. Yeah. First time ever match: Jungle Boy versus Ray Phoenix. Who do you got? Um, probably Jungle Boy here, even though Ray Phoenix probably does need to win after losing in the tag match. But I mean, eh, whatever. Yeah. I don't think Ray Phoenix needs to win here. So, you know, yeah, he, eh, this is two of the elites. So I'm with you. It Jungle- should be a banger of a match, though. It really oh should goodness. be. I'm taking Jungle Boy here myself. All, All right. right. Um, no disqualification tag team match. Sting and Darby Allen versus House of Black. Um, hmm. I'm going to take Sting and Darby Allen. I'll take House of Black here just because I think okay. they probably could use a little momentum after losing Malachi, you know? Yeah. Hey, hey, it, it works for me. Gives you the opportunity after the match to like maybe establish a new leader if it's not going to just straight up be Brody King, you know? Yeah. Hey. Powerhouse House versus Ricky Starks. I'm going to go uh, – I think they're actually going to do Ricky this time. I'm going to take Starks. Yeah. This is obviously going to go to another pay-per-view and I need a third match. So, yeah, Ricky here. I'll take that as well. Wardlow and Samoa Joe versus Tony Nese and Josh Woods. I mean, Wardlow and Samoa Joe. <laughs> is this the obvious one? Is this the most obvious match we've ever had? I mean, it's just like it's like, oh, we do, oh, Wardlow, we need him in a match. Two singles champions in a in a tag against a, a team that two television champions even. Ooh. I could throw Jade in there and then also throw uh, if Layla Gray was around, throw her in there or something. Throw I don't know. There, fuck it. Action Bronson and Hook versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Well, thanks. I definitely got Bronson and Hook here. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah. But you don't. You don't think Cool Hand and Daddy Magic are gonna are gonna come back and, and steal you know, the win? I am kind of stoked those guys are getting a Magic Grand Slam though. Let me just throw that out there. Good for them. Good to give them a little taste. The Golden Ticket Battle Royale. Battle Royale for a future AEW World 
championship match. I mean, I think. Do, I mean, we only know like four participants, right, or something like. Yeah, it's try and get the exact names, but like Jay Lethal's one of them. Uh, How many people are even going to be in it? Like, I don't know. How's it going to work? Is it going to work like other battle royals, or is it just going to everyone's going to start in the ring? Like, I don't under you know. Give me more details, and I'll care about this match. I, so I don't even want to give a prediction for this because I, I guess Jay Lethal might win it, but I don't think that's who they're going to give a world title shot to. I don't know. The four announced are Lance Archer, Jay Lethal, uh, Penta, and Hangman Page. I'll say Penta because that would be a fun one, you know? Yeah. I'll say Penta as well because, you know, what? It, the return. It won't happen because Ray Phoenix is also uh, going to lose It's a returning card, Lance Archer. I mean, I'll take Lance Archer. Uh, yeah, it might. It might be. Yeah, it might be because Lance Archer's been off TV for a while, so give him a win. Yeah, he they just, also did have him versus Adam Page at one point. Just wrestled so. the G one, so you know, doesn't yeah. hurt. Okay. Okay. And then our main event: Jade Cargill versus Diamante, which actually might not be the main event, but it's a title match. So yeah. Uh, um, Diamante all day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Diamante snaps the streak. Three minutes. Uh, spike one two three. Jade doesn't get any offense. GGs. Um, GGs. Everyone goes um, home happy. Yeah, Jade Cargill. No, obviously, obviously, Jade's retaining here, probably. Okay, here's the real question. Do they set up her next challenger after this match? Oh, yeah, for sure. This is just a one-off match. Okay. And it probably, um, I don't know who it would be. Maybe it's a returning Red Velvet. Who knows? Yeah, hopefully this is they use this as an opportunity to actually traject someone. But got to get her on the show. So there you go. There's our Grand Slam predictions. We've covered all the shows this week. And, yeah, guys, it's Sunday, man. If you guys are watching, If you guys watched some football today, you know, Go Packers, go Colts, go Patriots. Got to get all our get all our fucking groups in there. Get the brothers in there. Yeah. Don't don't go Eagles. Sorry. Yeah, so. fuck the Eagles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that'll be it, guys. And yeah, we will uh, catch you next week with our new AEW World Champion Brian Danielson. Catch you guys on the flip side, Vision. Yo, but who the fuck is Zach Gordon? Gunda!